Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. Check out the site, all your wrestling, MMA, boxing news. You can divide those up if you don't like one of the three. Live post shows, exclusives, photos, videos, columns, you know the drill. Programming notes for Fightful Select before we get into the September 24th Raw. We've added new content to Fightful Select, new monthly content. At that $5 tier, I have added alternate fight commentary. Our first edition takes a look at John Jones's first ever MMA fight. Now that he has been, I don't know, just allowed back in the UFC, essentially. We're going to talk more about that on the Fightful MMA podcast Tuesday. It is going to be one of the most action-packed episodes the Fightful MMA podcast yet. Tune in Tuesday, 2 p.m. Also, we've added the Back in the Day video where it takes a look at Fightful personalities and some of the reviews they did, uh, essentially retro style before Fightful. Check that out. Lots of good stuff going up there. On the $10 tier, some of you may have heard that I or heard me mention that I filmed with Vince Russo earlier this year. That is finally going to see the light of day. If you remember last year on Listen Your Boy, we did Russo reveal segments where we basically talked old stories with him, got his feelings on modern day wrestlers, a lot of that stuff. I'll be posting two of those a month on the uh, Fightful $10 tier at FightfulSelect.com. Also, I have reposted Jimmy Van's book since I know that uh, that kind of got lost in the shuffle since it was one of the first things we posted. Some of y'all don't always scroll back and see it, but check that out. We have that 205 Live NXT May Young Classic review. Immediately after the show goes off the air, we have the Weekender podcast where we review Lucha Underground, Impact, Ring of Honor, Being the Elite, and we talk about exclusives and the injury report. We have doubled up our outtake and behind-the-scenes footage. 
Yet you get access to the Fightful Photo Gallery. We do a retro review podcast every month. Two Q&A shows every single month where subscribers get to ask me questions. You go up to that $10 tier, you get to submit questions. For my interview, had some people submit stuff for Christopher Daniels last week, Tom Lawler this week. You stay on long enough, you get a shirt, all kinds of cool stuff. Just head to FightfulSelect.com and check it out, my friends. Speaking of that 205 Live NXT review, Mr. Warren Hayes, who hosts that show, will be joining me live after Super Showdown. That's right, we will be up at, I'm assuming, 9 a.m., is when we'll get started on that show right after this 5 a.m. Super Showdown show. Same night as UFC 229. But with all that out of the way, I am joined by Alex Pawlowski. Alex, how are you? I'm all right. Uh, we finally got a, a little uh, AOP versus the Shield action, which we've been begging for uh, since their you know introduction on Raw. Uh, but Samoa Joe was not their partner. Got some AOP, some DDT, some CTE, all on <laughs> WWE. Let's go ahead and get right into it, my friends. New opening, then now forever segment. This one has Hogan in it, so they're they're easing him in. Yeah, this is just just easing him in, easing him in uh, before they they just drop the bomb in in Saudi Arabia. Probably is the rumor. Maybe. If you don't want to ease it in and you want to drop the bomb, check. I'm just kidding. They, they haven't renewed us yet. <laughs> anyway, acting general manager Baron Corbin is backstage in the parking lot. He sees Stephanie McMahon and sings happy birthday to her, which brought up the first question to me. Did they pay the rights fees? And somebody told me that has since been cleared. Yep. I didn't know that. That used yeah. to be a big cash cow. Yeah, it's uh, it's now public domain. I don't know when that ex- exactly happened, but I've heard it recently on things, and I'm like, oh, that's that's new. And yeah, I looked it up. It's it's public domain now. They used to drag in like two million dollars in royalties. A lot of people don't know that, but the birthday song used to be like you had to pay anywhere between five to like thirty thousand dollars to use it, yeah. which is kind of weird to think about because we hear it all the time, but. Magnificent, whoever decided to monetize that. Really, really brilliant. Stephanie is going off on Baron Corbin. Triple H emerges. He says it's awkward, so he's leaving. (laughs) Tells him good luck. Stephanie properly emasculates Corbin and says that he can find a couple of partners to take on the Shield tonight because Corbin was pushing all the blame. And I can tell you, as a guy who kind of has to get on people sometime in in my daily work, it's always better to say, I'll find out. Than say, oh, it's this person's fault. Yeah. So she was like, okay, go out there and find out. And she gave him a match. The crowd, uh, well, by the way, she says that if Baron doesn't start leading better, maybe Kurt Angle will be back sooner than anticipated. This crowd in Denver, they were hot at times, cold at times, but uh, all things considered, I thought this is a pretty good raw crowd, Alex. They're a pretty good raw crowd. Um yeah, uh, they they surprised me a, a few a few moments where they were really, really behind the right people, and that's always cool. Um, yeah, they, they were into it. I'm I'm. I, this was actually not a bad episode of Raw. There was a few big old missteps, but um, not a bad episode of Raw. Shield are out. Everyone boos Roman, but cheers Ambrose and Rollins. This was. Yeah. 
and you could see it popped Rollins too, because he talked. And then as soon as Reigns took to the mic, booze everywhere. Yeah. And I love that. That was fantastic. Reigns says that championships are the keys to the kingdom. Ambrose was phenomenal this entire segment. Dean Ambrose, without really saying anything, and Dolph Ziggler with saying a whole hell of a lot, really carried this segment, I thought, Alex. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it's, it is one of those, you know, it's tried and true. Um, the, 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 the guy in the faction who's not getting enough love, maybe the one guy who's not holding a strap, the other team plays mind games with him. We've seen it before. Doesn't mean it doesn't work. Um, and I, I, I liked it because Dean and Dolph were both so great at doing it. They, they, they sold it really well. It was a one-night storyline where they took a meaning-nothing match and they made it mean a little bit more. Yep. And I can appreciate that. Uh, this is a business, whether you're writing about it or doing it in the ring, you got to make something out of nothing sometimes. Yep. And tonight, I thought that they made something out of nothing. Baron Corbin comes out and reiterates that it's Stephanie's birthday. <laughs> Brings out the dogs of war. Strowman says that it's Super Showdown. It'll be four on two because Dean Ambrose is starting to crack. Ziggler reminds Ambrose that he was WWE champion on SmackDown Live without the Shield. And he remembers that. And I love this callback. It's little, just little references like that that add so much. Dolph uh, says that Ambrose had barely been injured a week when Seth Rollins replaced him with uh, Jason Jordan. I almost said Jeremy Jordan, who is a local pickup basketball legend in my neighborhood. But might as well have. That's the disrespect shown to Dean Ambrose. Said that Ambrose almost died from a staph infection. How often did they call? This was brilliant work, Alex. This is one of uh, of Dolph Ziggler's best promos ever. Yes. Um, I, uh, I really enjoyed, um, uh, that part of it as well. Anytime you call back to recent or not so recent history between guys, especially on a different show, it show it shows that they're paying attention as much as the hardcore fans are. Um, uh, Dean Ambrose as WWE champ over on SmackDown, um, certainly had its peaks and valleys. There were, there were things that he did over there that I did not enjoy, but when he was on his game, especially on the mic, he was great. And he didn't need Seth and, and, and Roman. He proved that over there. And I love that Dolph, who's now his enemy, uh, can point that out. You know, And even if it's self-serving for Dolph, I, I like that was seemed like a cool bit of honesty. Uh, a little bit of, uh, well, not dishonesty, but when Seth's like, these are the keys to the kingdom. And that's why neither me nor Roman will be defending these at Super Showdown. It just feels weird to like call attention to the fact that you each have a um, a, a single championship, um, and you won't be defending it at the next pay per view. And Seth, you didn't even defend it at the last pay per view. So, what good are those belts if they're the keys to the kingdom if you're not actually using them? That's yeah. fine. That's fine. But don't call attention to the fact that you're holding them if you don't want us to go. Hey, when was the last time Seth defended that thing? I know it was last week, but like yeah. you know, it's it's a weird. Kind of a kind of a well, deal. Maybe he prefers the fob to the kingdom. Those are more practical today. That's true. It's true. <laughs> so <laughs> there was this Zoom, which I don't know was intentional or not. I'm going to try to find out. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Yep. Yes. It was very reminiscent of the same Zoom when Rollins turned on the shield. 
And I don't know if it was intentional or not, but if it was intentional, they sold me a ticket. Yeah. It was that was brilliant. It was very smart if they did it that way. If they screwed it up, happy accident, who cares? Yeah. It, it was very reminiscent of the moment that Rollins turned on the shield, and I thought we were getting that. Corbin stops everybody from fighting, but the crowd wants it. At least Corbin stopping this fight made sense. He has matches yeah. to promote. Yes. So I like yeah. that. No, I, I did too. I liked that it was like uh, Dolph and, and Drew, you got a match later. But he didn't it didn't specify why Braun couldn't take them on single handedly. Yeah. Like because Braun never got used. I was kind of disappointed. He never, you know, showed up and had a had a match later. Finn Balor defeated Jinder Mahal. Bailey was ringside with Finn Balor as they are shown hugging backstage. Alicia Fox out with Jinder and Sunil Singh. Balor gets worked over, hits a drop kick and a tope con hilo right on Jinder's shoulder. I saw that and I was like, hope Jinder's okay. Because that was a stiff one. Uh, cheap and lame, but Bailey beats up both Alicia Fox and Sunil Singh after Balor is distracted. Balor wins with a roll-up. This was only to establish the friendship between the two. Otherwise, it would have fallen in the subpar segment range for me. And boy, the Singh thing afterwards was real stupid. Like, Jinder and Alicia just took turns beating on him and then meditated in the middle of the ring. Okay, man, whatever. This, yeah, this, this happened, Alex. This seemed to be uh, utilized solely to promote the mixed match challenge. Um, it's a, it's a. I mean, be, they do a lot more with that on Tuesdays because it immediately follows SmackDown. I felt like this was another thing. Like, hey, tomorrow night, remember after SmackDown, there's this thing. Um, you all love Finn and Bailey, huh? Huh? Don't you? Um, which is a good opportunity to say, like, what a crazy thing it is that. Alexa Bliss is out with an injury, um, and they replace her with Ember Moon. Um, and then Sasha Banks is out with an injury. They replace her with Mickey James, where the actual smart thing would have been, if they were both out injured at the same time, would have been to have Mickey James replace Alexa Bliss and have Ember Moon replace Sasha Banks. But now they're swapped. Just a weird thing that like they had, like, well, we have nothing else to do. Uh, here you go. I'm okay with that because the face-heel dynamic on Mixed Match Challenge – is very progressive. Well, it, it certainly was last year, but this year it's almost entirely um, face-face, heel-heel teams. Okay. Last year was way more because because the fans got to choose it, but now yeah. they don't. Boy, are we going to spend some time on this match. Yeah. Riot Squad defeated Natalia and the Bella Twins. Nikki hits a good shoulder block. She and Bree do a, a little double grapevine. Then it happens. Brie Bella is doing the yes kicks to Liv Morgan. And just out of nowhere, Brie kicks Liv Morgan in the goddamn face twice in a row. Right in the chin. And as Liv Morgan reacts, I'm talking like it, real hard in the face. Yep. Liv was lucky to be conscious and barely was. I don't know what the hell Brie was thinking. I don't know whose idea it is to keep putting her in the ring. It needs to stop. Yep. Uh, Liv has to be helped up by Sarah Logan. You can see it outside. Liv was n- not supposed to get back into the match. The match had to be changed completely on the fly, from what I'm told. The referee was uh, told to get Liv out, but she insisted, came back into the triple suplex spot. They went home. 
Riot Riot Squad one. After the match, Liv Morgan is being checked on by Dr. Chris Amon, clearly visible on camera. Michael Cole says she is backstage. This is horrifying. Uh, Alex, your thoughts? Um, Brie had a, a nice career at one point, and now she's a danger to others and herself because of that ridiculous suicide dive a couple of weeks ago. Um, ah, God, it just that the the kicks were just they didn't not look well timed. Uh, they and, were downright irresponsible. I've taken yeah. those a hundred times, a, a thousand times, probably. Yeah, and I, that's I had some people with the balls. How dare you to say that Liv Morgan sold them wrong? No, that is not what happened. No. Brie Bella connected to the jaw of Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan reacted like, "What in the shitting fuck was that?" And then got caught with another one yeah. and went out. Yeah. Um, then later, later, Nikki Bella gets catapulted into Ruby Riot and forearms are square in the face. Yeah. That's not where you're supposed to connect. Bottom part of the jaw, the neck, the collarbone. Yep. Um, the scariest part of the live thing for me was that she did not kick out at all. And and they and then right after that. They did the spot where the you know the heel forces the face into the corner so to, to make the tag, but Liv wasn't forcing anybody anywhere. She could barely stand, so Brie had to drag her into her opponent's corner. Like like it was a, it was so obvious that something was wrong in that moment. Um, I mean, I, I actually missed the kicks live, and then I saw that spot in the corner. Yeah. And I was like, what led to this? So I hit the the little back button that sends me back 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. And then I saw those two just those two and let's be honest, Bree's been potatoing people ever since she's been back. It's just been the Miz. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, okay, well, it's okay because it's the Miz. But in reality, no, it's probably not okay just because it's the Miz. So I've seen her potato the Miz twice. She fell down on the the suicide dive. She cracked Ruby Riot. She kicked Liv Morgan in the face. It's time for this to end. I get it, man. She gets the easy pop because of Daniel Bryan, but she's not Daniel Bryan as much as you all want her to be. Yeah, and the thing about it is they're having her do his moves and wrestle like him because she's married to him when she can't do It's hard. Like the reason Daniel Bryan is so good and he's one of the best in the world is because it's real hard to wrestle like that. Not yeah. everybody can. I, I, um, it, it's even compounded by the fact that she's got the John Cena treatment where can she can show up on either brand? You know, like it's weird to like have this person who's who's not not just bad in the ring but dangerous in the ring. Like appearing on both shows, and I, I don't know how they get out of that at this point. They've they've put so much behind it; it's just weird. So shortly after all of this, Bree did take to Twitter. I'll go ahead and show you all that that response, and said, 
Every match on Raw is an opportunity for us to entertain our fans. Our intentions as WWE superstars is to win the match, never to injure our opponents. Thinking about Liv Morgan tonight. And it was very good of, of Bree to do that. Uh, also, why do they not have separate Twitter accounts at this point? I know, it's so ridiculous. But, man, this is... It's got to stop, man. It's that The health of multiple people are at risk here. Yeah. Liv Morgan got hurt. And it could have been... This was supposed to be a Brie Bella singles match, wasn't it? Was it really? I believe yeah. it, Brie Bella was supposed to have a singles match. Then they were like, okay, let's switch it up. And I mean, right after I was told by somebody backstage that Liv wasn't supposed to be in that match again, I, I had to go back during commercials and rewatch this match to take it all in. You can see the ref screaming at Liv, get down, get down off the apron, get down now, you're not doing this spot, and they did it. You can tell that, and I, I mean, obviously, it's it, it goes without saying, there was supposed to be something to set up the commercial. That did not happen. No. That did not happen either. So everybody was put in an awkward situation. And this is this is a self fulfilling prophecy. This Brie Bella thing, and it goes without saying. You shouldn't have to say a condemnation of someone's wrestling ability is not a condemnation of a person's character. But my God, right. so many people get weird about that. It's just, she's well liked. Sure. She is, quite frankly. And from what I understand, uh, she made sure to check on Liv afterwards and, and asked repeatedly from what I was told. But this this could have been prevented because you take two and a half years off. Yeah. And then you're just wrestling smoke and mirrors matches with Maurice. Yeah. And the other matches you're having, you're falling on your face. And then the other times you get in the ring, you're punching a guy right in the mouth. Like stiff. Whoo boy. I don't need to see this anymore, Alex. Nope. And I hope they, they limit her action at Super Showdown. Me too. Uh it's it's them and, and Rhonda, right? So I mean I, listen, there's there's you could you could talk me into watching much of that match being uh Rhonda versus Ruby. Uh, if 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 seventy percent of that match is Rhonda versus Ruby and the other shenanigans on the outside, fine, great. Let's let's move that move, move move on from there. That move would have legitimately got Brie Bella disqualified in a UFC fight. <laughs> Just so you know, if that were to happen in a UFC fight, yeah. it would be a no contest because it's an illegal strike. Yeah, my God, my God, this was this was just not something we need anymore. Connor of the Ascension defeated Chad Gable. Maybe something else I don't need anymore. <laughs> Connor's out there with Victor. Chad Gable's out there with Bobby Roode. Connor cuts an interesting promo before uh, this. We've not got to see a lot of Connor. So whether it's in tag team action or singles action. So I'm going to reserve judgment. Nothing that stood out to me as like bad. Nothing that says to me, I don't want to see Connor on my screen anymore. Other than the fact that they've completely wasted him for four years. But. Right. I thought he did just fine in this match with Chad Gable. And the promo was you know, what I would expect out of Connor. Yeah. Uh, Connor's promo was fine. Um, the Chad Gable and Bobby Roode one was awful. And, I, and I'm, I'm pretty much done with that, that gag. If you're going to have Bobby turn on Gable, do it now. 
moving move into their feud. That's fine. But it's just over the top, and you're making both of them look silly and stupid um, with with how you know eager and over the top gregarious the thing is. It's just it doesn't it it rings false and hollow, and I don't want to see that. Um, I'm fine with you know somehow Connor getting the win. I love the. A hush falls over the Pepsi Center crowd. Yeah. yeah. Mental math trying to figure out what was the last time they ever saw Connor get a win. Well, um, I'll tell you when it was. It was June 19th, 2013 on an NXT taping. <laughs> and he had a last name then, and he spelled his name with a C, and it had one N. He was Connor O'Brien oh, back then. God. Wow. Against Andy Baker. Andy wow. Baker. He won with the Dominator tonight, not back then. Yeah. Gable does the Bret Hart turnbuckle spot. And I always see that spot. And I remember Bret Hart saying that that bruised his heart. Or maybe I think that was just the clip they showed when it happened. Yeah. Somebody corrected me and said they think it was a guardrail spot. But Gable takes that very well. He does. Very, very yeah. well. He's great. I I don't object. Let me be clear. I am happy to see Chad Gable on my screen every week, even if he's losing to guys like Connor. Because he's great, and I, I want to see him do more, and anything that gets him on my screen is better. Um, it, it is weird to have the Ascension now viewed as a threat in any way to anyone, oh, yeah. considering how they've been booked. Um, but nothing not, like their their peak is is these guys who are who are ironically the Legion of Doom, but actually like teddy bears, like they were in the. Um, Fashion Files episodes, like those guys were so game great. night. Yeah, oh, so they good. Stars of game night. <laughs> They're so good. You can tell these guys have real cool senses of humor about themselves. But when they're being utilized as like just straightforward, arg. Like I don't, I don't. It doesn't. It's, it's well. I get the feeling, and it's my speculation. I've not been told this by anybody, so please, nobody say on Twitter that I said so. It looks like they're heading for a split. Yeah. Like Connor's gonna be like, well, if I, I win when you're not here. Yeah, God. And they'll probably split them. There's a hanging arm bar from Gable, drop kick to the knee, capo kick and chaos theory. Man, that was impressive. Uh Connor's lost a bunch of weight. He's in real good shape. He is. And it's it's weird. He's lost a bunch of weight and they keep referring to him as being the mammoth Connor. And I like, mean, he's still big. He's still big. He's bigger than Chad Gable, but but when when it was on his Wikipedia page that he weighed two hundred and seventy eight pounds, they were saying the three hundred pounder. Like, okay, seriously, guys, you, you you're fudging a little bit. Yeah, but to be fair, when I did Wikipedia fact check, my favorite episode was EC three. Yeah, and I'm asking him his weight because they always fudge the weight. That's true. And when uh, when I told him that it was two forty six. He was like, 246? I've never been above 225. I know, I know. And Borash, he was like, I tell Borash just to say 225 because I'm legit jacked. Who cares what the number is? Right. After I ran that story on Fightful.com, for a brief while, someone had edited his weight and bumped it up to 252. (laughs) That's why we provide the service of Wikipedia fact check. That's right. Which you can get early access to when applicable. At yeah. FightfulSelect.com, that $10 tier. Have several making of finishers up there already. So Connor wins with the Dominator. I thought it was a fine performance. I'll wait and see how this, this 
plays out because he didn't do anything offensive tonight, and he's been wrestling a long damn time. I'm I'm wondering how much of this is uh, is the an Ascension story, and how much of it is a Bobby Roode and Chad Gable story with the Ascension also in it. You know what I mean? Like I feel yeah. like it's going to probably lead more to a Bobby Roode Chad Gable development than they you may never see the Ascension again at some point. I would do a Connor winning into a Connor's cure segue, but that would be tasteless, so I'm not gonna. Okay, good. But everyone's brought out to the stage for this segment, and that was like the only thing, one of the only things I was told ahead of this show. Uh, I got a text and someone said, yeah, we all got to go out to the ring in segment five or out to the stage in segment five. Well, you know what people are going to speculate. Right. Women's tag titles. Or singing Stephanie birthday songs. But yeah. Children are brought out. They got a great reaction. This crowd was really great to these kids, Alex. Yeah, the, 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 it's awesome. I mean, it really is very, very cool that WWE does this. I I, I wish it was like 20% more behind the scenes and like not, not, for, not done as to see, look how philanthropic we are because I feel like it just it teeters a little bit on the edge of that as opposed to being sincere. They they will never live down Stephanie's tweet. Yeah, I know. Everything seems so self congratulatory and patting patting themselves on the back because of Stephanie's tweet. Yeah, that one tweet that said philanthropy is the future of marketing makes all of this sound so condescending. It, and it really does. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And the irony is that was one of the worst things she could have done from a marketing standpoint. I know ever was saying that. Yeah. Because had she not said that I would feel a lot better about this, but I do feel great that there are some kids, Connor, the crusher included. Yes. Who had one of their dreams come true. And I think that's pretty cool regardless of why they're doing it. I think it's awesome that there are some kids that get to uh, enjoy it. WWE, or actually, Triple H cuts a stoic promo on The Undertaker as he leaves in his limo. Yeah, I can't begin to tell you how little I care about this whole thing. <laughs> just just don't. You guys are revising history about how important the Triple H and Undertaker like uh, thing was. It was like, yeah, it was important-ish, but it's certainly not The Undertaker's greatest rivalry, as you said on Instagram, WWE. Did they really? They they said that. Yes, they had the top top five Undertaker rivalries. I think Kane was like three. I forget who two. two Where would you you put – let's just throw out five more memorable. Mankind for one. Mick Foley. Mankind. His thing with Kane for a while, uh, I mean, that was important because it was his damn brother. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels Michaels was was more important than the one with Triple H as well. Uh, I would argue Brock Lesnar. Yes. Over the course of essentially two generations. Two generations, yeah. They had some hell of a – like, people forget in Brock's first run how important those matches with Taker were, you know? Yeah. I would argue perhaps – 
that Batista may be up there as well because Batista and Undertaker kind of stole the show at Mania one year when everybody was like, this match? Really? Yeah. This one? Uh, you could argue that, but if you said top five Triple yeah. H, I'd go, okay, fine. Uh, fine. Fine. But number one, with a bullet, Triple H. Yeah. It's just weird, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, like I you 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 could you could talk me into top five being Triple H, absolutely. But I'm pretty sure Heidenreich is in the top ten. Oh, like it's, come it's, on. it's, it's not it's off. <laughs> Retire. Retire, please. <clears throat> Dogs of War defeated the Revival to retain the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. I need more of these two teams. Oh, it was so beautiful. I loved everything about this. And I know I know in my heart I'll never see it again. <laughs> and it didn't hurt the Revival a bit, which I liked. It was a good competitive match. It made them look amazing. Yes, it did. As these scrappy underdogs who have no prayer against, against Dolph and Drew. Yeah. But they're out there hitting, they're out there doing the power and glory finisher with the superplex into the splash. That's amazing. I love these guys so much as baby faces. Keep them as these scrappy tweeners. Like, keep it. Make it work. So let's let's go through the match. Nice slingshot shoulder block from the Revival. They drag Ziggler to the outside of the ring, but Wilder charges the stairs and eats steel. Dawson does a tiger driver, and Ziggler kicks out. McIntyre chops the ring post. Like they're going through every spot from the May Young Classic that I've seen over the last few weeks, basically. <laughs> and it's really good. Uh, there is a great recovery from a Fame Master botch where yeah. we essentially get a Steiner line instead. Yeah. That kick out, that near fall got such a great pop from the crowd. The crowd was so into this match. They were cheering for the revival. The revival, somebody tweeted this. I forget who you are. It's It's so perfect. The, the Revival are probably the best heel tag team of this generation. They work babyface for one night, and the crowd is totally into them and so yeah. for them. They're such great tag wrestlers. They're fantastic, and I hope we see more of them. I would love to see the tag team division treated as an attraction because it can be. Yeah. Because it can be. It can make you more interested in the show. Claymore zigzag gets the win. This was outstanding. On my match ratings, which go up tomorrow morning, it didn't get like really, really high because it was kind of short. Yeah. But I have no doubts if these two had a 20, 25 minute match and the revival were built a little bit. Yeah. I don't doubt that they could approach like nine out of 10 territory easily. I I mean, now correct me if I'm wrong. I, I may have missed it. But a few weeks ago, the revival had a tag shot against the B team, they were beaten up backstage. We haven't seen them since. They didn't cut like a babyface promo of like, hey, guys, you know, you you suckered us backstage and now we want our match and we're coming for you. Like there was no buildup to this thing that I remember. Like it was just like the, the Revival have a match tonight because they're kind of owed one because they got beaten up. But it wasn't like this thing. And imagine if they had taken a couple of weeks to build up the Revival as these plucky underdogs who these scrappy dudes who, who, who are, are never going to back down from a fight that kind of thing, and then built into this. And also, imagine if this were to continue. Like, there's all kinds of stuff you could do there, but I feel like that's it for the revival. We're not going to see them uh, on TV for a while because because when you have Dolphin Drew um, uh, 
involved in a feud that also includes Seth and Dean, that's pretty much what we're going to get through the fall. And there's no room for anybody else to do anything right now. It feels unfortunate. Well, this match was not unfortunate. It was a treat. Backstage, Ziggler tries to play mind games with Dean Ambrose throughout the night. Seth Rollins does the same to Drew McIntyre and turns it around on him, though, and says, why is it that Dolph is getting carried out and he's getting the title shots instead of you? This leads to McIntyre and Ambrose talking to each other, and I like this. They really added to this because at at some point I'm like, you know, why don't – why don't Ambrose and McIntyre tell all these guys to piss off and they'll run things? And that's intriguing. Uh, I mean, it's not quite the young dragons and three count splitting. And then I think it was Jamie Noble and young that had their own team. It's not quite that level, but there were, there was some intrigue here. I really liked it. It was a one night story that made me want to watch. Yes. I will say, that the finish of the night could have propelled this into future weeks and made it be an actual intriguing story that lasted through Super Showdown and, you know, into, you know, your Arabia thing. There's a lot of stuff that, 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 that could, that it could have moved on. And that was my thing for me is I felt like it was a cool little bottle episode, but there was the potential for it to become more like, and we'll get to that by the end of the night. But I did love this in particular, uh, Drew going to, to Dean and being like, hey, your buddy, your buddy Seth, he's he's trying to get me to join you, but maybe he's trying to get me to replace you. Like, I liked that one the most. I thought that was a really cool. And listen, Drew's great. Yeah. He's like, we don't, we don't, like, he's, he's an immense, giant, brooding Scotsman who's actually really good at acting. Like you wouldn't oh, think, is. you wouldn't think, but he's really good at it. Well, I mean, he looks like he ate Orlando Bloom, <laughs> <laughs> and True. somehow True. transferred him into pure muscle. Yeah, guys, if you all like this show, we do a post SmackDown show. We do post pay per view shows this weekend, Friday, Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, Saturday, Bellator two hundred six. That's Quentin Rampage Jackson versus Vanderlei three. And it's Rory McDonald against Gegard Musashi, who we interviewed on the site this week. Big post show for that. And then Sunday, Fighting Spirit Unleash. Our buddies over at Pro Wrestling Unlimited will be there. Check them out. They cover the weekend or the Fight for Wrestling Weekly every week. But Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, we have our flagship show, The List and Your Boy. Myself and Fightful.com founder Jimmy Van is a very lighthearted show where, I mean, sometimes we get serious. I have challenged and it has been accepted. Our producer, Melissa, and I are going to fight on the 100th episode in November. Wow. I, you know what, Alex? I'm promising explosions. Wow. There, there we did it. I'm promising an explosion. Single-handedly bringing Pyro back. I'm bringing Pyro back to the listing, you boy. I'm promising banned moves, moves that are banned from WWE. You'll see them. Wow. Me and Melissa. Wow. Episode 100. You Sometimes I talk about my, my in-ring experience. This is going to be a street fight. It's not going to be a match. It's going to be a street fight. Melissa's all the time messing up our show. Melissa and I are going to fight episode 100. I might drag a ladder into it. Who knows? Who knows? 
Wednesdays, 3 p.m. Eastern. We are at episode 92 this week, so mark your calendars, my friends. Do you think Elias at Crown Jewel will sing Arabian Nights? I I don't know. I hope. I don't don't know. I hope so. Yeah. Elias brings down Kevin Owens, who joins him in the ring. Owens says they need to deal with Leo Rush after last week. (laughs) Leo comes out and hypes up Bobby Lashley. They offer him a booster seat. That's funny. I shouldn't be entertained by that, no, no, but I that, am. That's listen. That that is so much less offensive than what I thought they were going to do because I wasn't. I was in the room, but facing away from the television and in a position where I had to like move through the room to get to points where I could see. At the point when Kevin Owens said, "Here's here he is, Leo Rush," and I thought, "Oh, please." Please, God, don't let me walk to a place where I can see the screen and I see that it's a little person in big sunglasses and gold chains because because that would be perfectly Vince and I'm so happy it wasn't. Um, but um, I also am so happy that it was Leo Rush, but I do have a quibble um, that it appears as though he's been given the you're allowed to dodge, but you're never allowed to land offense on these guys. And yeah. I'm like, oh, come on. It would be so cool if you could do one of his little spinny kick things. But probably not. I thought in all this was a waste of 15 minutes. Yeah. A fantastic waste of 15 minutes. Bobby Lashley over in his hometown upon his entrance. He has a great cross body block early on in the match. Really high velocity. People counted along with his 10 punches. How often do you see that Never. these days? That was good, but. Elias worked over the leg of Lashley while Owens cheers him on, but I think he was the only person making noise because the crowd was not here for that. No. Uh, there is the great knee that, that Elias has been doing. Lashley, it's his vertical suplex, but it all breaks down and we get a DQ, no contest. This was just a waste of time, yeah, Alex. But it was just the weirdest, the weirdest no contest DQ ever. Like Kevin Owens was chasing um, Leo Rush around the ring and tripped over a uh, fallen Lashley on the side of the ring, and they called it as though he had kicked him. Which <laughs> I guess technically he did. Yeah. Even Kevin Owens was like, what? He's laying there. I just tripped over him. I'm sorry. It was so odd. Like, I've never seen anybody... He's uh, a hazard! Uh, <laughs> I've never seen a, a match called on account of tripping. So let's talk about well, I, we can tie it into the Nia Jax defeating Alicia Fox match. Both of these matches were not great. Nia has Ember Moon with her. Alicia has Mickey James and Alexa Bliss. We go from no managers. Yeah. Nobody came out by themselves tonight. It's weird. Everybody had somebody. And by the way, Alicia Fox misses a running neck breaker by a goddamn mile, mm. like way off, kicks Nia Jax around a little bit. Get Samoan dropped. I would have rather Nia just crushed her, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. If if we're going that route. Why well, you gotta have Alicia doing this? She she had a spot on the show earlier. I mean, the poor girl's gotta work double duty on top of that. She's but gotta work double duty. But uh, earlier on the show, we, we missed this. She was wearing these sleeves during the gender segment. They were out of this world. They were yeah. made of like a shiny crow or something. They were just feathery and long. They were as long as her legs, and they were just kind of flapping there. It was amazing. I thought she should have wrestled in him. It would have been really cool if she'd like been able to like work him into like some kind of a spinny thing, like Bianca Belair's hair. She's, but she's instead, got she's on her style game is on point these last oh, few weeks. 
she, she's time. ahead of the game. People are like, oh, no, she's stuck. No way. She's ahead. She's ahead of the game. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I love you, Alicia Fox, and all that you do for us. I However, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, yeah, this was weird. I mean, yeah, I guess Nia Jax and Ember Moon can be friends. When are we getting an Ember Moon title push? Like, this girl's amazing. Can we just, can we, can we do it? Maybe, possibly. Like, she's, she's great. It's such a weird thing that, that, that these people who are objectively fantastic and when they get a chance to show the audience that they are, it's not like you're holding them back. They're great when they give them a, uh, give them a chance in the ring. And then like, ah, but we're not going to do like, ah, uh, every time I see her, I think she could be so great. Also, you're looking at her and Nia Jackson thinking, hmm, possible women's tag title uh, contenders. If whoever actually ever introduced those belts that are, it'd be a perfect they've time made, to do that since made. you have, since you have that, you know, evolution thing here at the end of the next month, maybe you could try that. Maybe, perhaps, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that match, it existed. It happened. Ember hit Mickey with a cannonball outside the ring. Yeah. Sure. Baron Corbin comes out and announces that AOP are going to be his partners tonight. This was a big, big test for AOP. I thought they yes. did just fine. I'm not looking at this as... Andrade seeing Almas facing AJ Styles and blowing Vince McMahon's doors off to where he's nope. like, you're wrestling AJ or Daniel Bryan for like three months straight. Kind yeah. of impressive. But I think they did just fine, and that's all you can ask for. Uh, Dogs of War come out with chairs, but then sit in them. I thought that was kind of clever. It was good. I liked that a lot. Um, I, I I think that this match... And to an extent, it actually worked this way, but I feel like this this the, the purpose of this match within this needed to be to, to, to make AOP seem legit. And I felt like that, that worked. They didn't, they look like world beaters, but they absolutely look like they could stand in the ring with, with a shield and do some damage um, because they don't need to be title contenders right now, but you need to look at them and go, these guys are future title contenders. Now, if you watch NXT, you know that, but if you don't, all you've seen is them not be on TV for several months and then a little British guy who dresses like them shows up and they squash some jobbers for two weeks. Now it feels like, oh crap, they went from jobbers to the shield. Somebody back there likes them. So let's see what happens from there. And I felt like they acquitted themselves nicely. I love the moment between um, uh, Roman and Rezar. I, li- I would have liked it more had it not ended with Rezar getting the, the taste left out of his mouth. Because that made him look a little weak in that moment, but um, but they they hit their offense well. I like hitting the uh, last chapter on the outside looks a lot better than hitting it, it in the middle of the ring. I was completely so. cool with that. That was going to be one of my notes. Uh, the dogs of war distracted long enough for AOP and Corbin to jump the shield, but early on, I thought that Roman Reigns made Razor look like a million bucks. Yeah. And Razor popped up from the clothesline, and Reigns yeah, that was, was big. Range Damn. Like, oh, shit. There used to be moments like that in Royal Rumbles when people would come face-to-face and it would make somebody, I thought. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's that, uh, but there's a lot to be done there with. And, I mean, maybe maybe it's not Roman's specific style, but, like, hey, man, are you sure you ain't Samoan? Like, there's there's a moment there to be had between the two of them that, that would be really cool, but uh, maybe not. <laughs> Rollins gets a blockbuster. 
I'm a fan of how he adjusts his gear based on what kind of match he's having. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Huge burn it down chance. Mm-hmm. He gets worked over forever. Yeah. And it's good. It works. I mean, this wasn't an, an amazing match or anything, but I thought it was a perfectly serviceable match, and it did a lot of things that they needed done. But he hits a sling blade on Corbin. There was this brilliant spot where Rollins and Corbin are going for tags. Acom runs in after Rollins. Rollins tosses him outside. So what Acom does, like there's a rhyme and a reason for this. It's so Acom can be out there while he got thrown out to yank Roman Reigns off the apron to prevent Rollins from tagging him. Yep. That was just a smart, smart spot. Last chapter outside the ring, as you mentioned, deep six inside on Rollins. Oh, so beautiful. The thing about Corbin, he needs to stop doing that dumbass boss man clothesline, but he's got so many cool moves, like deep six to finish for anybody else. That's Yeah, it's great. But he has the end of days. <laughs> yes. So that's a, that's a good problem to have if you're him. So Rollins makes the tag to Ambrose, and I like how Ambrose has eject, adjusted the, uh, the wacky clothesline yeah. with the leapfrog clothesline. Mm-hmm. Big fan of that. He's going 100 miles an hour. He's on fire, but the crowd doesn't really reflect that. He dodges a boss man clothesline, hits a leaping neck breaker and a diving elbow. They set up for the last chapter on Ambrose. It's countered with a Superman punch. Suicide dives all around. Dirty deeds on Corbin. Spear on Corbin. And a win. Why Why didn't Ambrose get the win? That was my question immediately. I was like, you've just spent the entire night building a story around Dean Ambrose. He hit, he's a legal man and hits dirty deeds on Corbin only to get tagged out to Roman who hits the spear on the same guy that got dirty deeds. Yeah. Like I, I, that, that, that didn't make any sense to me until I saw that they were doing the will Dean turn on the shield or not thing at the end, um, which I was like, Oh, they're doing this now. It's like to actually have him make the decision now to end this storyline after only one night oh okay because i thought that if you're going to do that then give him a reason to to betray his buddies maybe that was it like hey i i had him roman you didn't need to tag in like i i had him i was good like maybe that's part of it but it, it didn't seem like it like the thing with when, when wwe does this kind of stuff it feels like it's either a deliberate misdirection or they way overplay their hand, and it's like, okay, well, they're definitely not doing it um, because you just you hit it, you hit us over the head with it so many times. So when it's like this, I'm like, oh, okay, well, oh, oh, that was it. Oh, okay, I guess we'll move on to something else next week. All right, okay. <laughs> that was WWE Raw. I, I completely agree with you. The main event wasn't a blow away match, anything like that. It was fine. Reminder, guys, we have live coverage of Raw, SmackDown, all that stuff, and a live discussion board. Come in there, talk to us, talk to our community. We will be running contests for uh, free merch pretty soon based on commenting on those stories. Might get an early start. Uh, It might take some early entries, so uh, it will be based on number of stories that you comment on. Our boy Stone Osborne won our last DVD pack. As you can see on Twitter recently, he was a very satisfied customer. Alex, underrated 
weekend at Fightful this weekend. You got Ring of Honor, you got New Japan, but am I alone in thinking this New Japan show has no buzz? Yeah, I, I, I honestly, you tell me about this right now. I'm like, usually I hear all kinds of stuff about it uh, on Twitter and stuff, but I'm not hearing anything about it really. I thought it was a different week. I honestly thought it was like the week after because because usually the buzz grows and now it's like nah, 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 nah. I don't hear anything. They're not doing any media calls this week. Usually Access does those. Uh, our boys at Pro Wrestling Unlimited will be there. Don't know if they're doing it for themselves or for Fightful, but we'll find out. But they will be there, and I encourage you all to check out their content because they do great stuff. But I like without looking right now, couldn't tell you one match on the show. And as I'm looking, Juice Robinson versus Cody, that's going to be a good match. U.S. heavyweight title match. Will Osprey and Marty Skrull, that'll be good. Young Bucks and Gorillas of Destiny, don't know. But you have Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor this Friday, on the other hand, which is a stacked show. I am doing a live post show, by the way, guys. Bully Ray and Silas Young, who are great characters in ROH, against Flip Gordon and Colt Cabana in a tables match. Jushin Thunder Liger against Kenny King. Punishment Martinez defending the TV title against Chris Saban. The Briscoes defending the titles, the tag titles against The Addiction, Daniels and Kazarian. Sumi Sakai defending the Women of Honor World Championship against the former Emma, Tennille Dashwood. You have Bullet Clubs, Cody, Young Bucks, Marty Skrull uh, against Chaos's Okada, Ishii, Chucky T, and Beretta. And you have Jay Lethal defending his RH World Championship against Osprey. The biggest thing, or the, the thing I'm looking forward to the most on this, is the reaction that Bullet Club's Cody, Skrull, and the Young Bucks get when they come out, what, maybe for the first time since All In? Yeah. they. I mean, they had that really long episode of Being the Elite, but even after that, the show has taken a little bit of a hiatus. So I am really excited to see the reaction that those guys get after that, because, I mean... They they could be facing free agency soon. There's there's right. a lot of stuff that could be happening. I mean, but but, but re- really to that audience, they're conquering heroes. Oh, of course. I you mean, know what I mean, like so, it'll be interesting to see what kind of reaction they get. They've created a buzz that is such to where I was considering driving to Nashville to cover that 70th anniversary NWA show. Uh, the way it looks, John Morehouse will be doing that if we get approved for credentials. But I'm doing a live post show. I'm not going there because Cody Rhodes has made. The NWA title, and so is Dave Lagana. I want to say that. Right. Dave Lagana and Billy Corgan. But Lagana especially have made the NWA title to where it is buzzworthy as a main event. And I've got people that want me to do a post show, so God damn it, we're doing it. That's pretty special to be able to do that. Because for years, the NWA title was something that just tethered onto a promotion. WCW in the late 80s, early 90s. ECW for a cup of coffee. WWF in the late 2000s. Then it was... TNA for years, then ROH and New Japan, then New Japan again, and now it is, it's it's just pretty cool. It's pretty it cool. Is. But there are some nice non-WWE shows that I'm very excited for. If you all want to get weekly reviews of non-WWE shows, I cover those on the Weekender. I covered MLW War Games last week on the FightfulSelect.com Weekender. Just $5 a month gets you at least four or five of those two Q&A episodes, four or five episodes of the NXT 205 Live, May Young Classic Review, any uh, extra podcasts. I filmed a Fightful Books It podcast this week. It gets you a retro review. 
Go peep it out. Supportfightful.com. That is the easiest way to do it, my friends. You might like what you see. Alex, what do you got going on this week? Oh man, uh, I'm jam packed in my personal life, and uh, but I am I'm looking forward to more May Young classic because that is so good. It's, it's some of the best wrestling on, on anywhere, male or female. I'm so excited for all these matches because I mean, even even listen, all these women who are getting eliminated in the first round, I just want to like, oh, that's it. I don't get to see them anymore. I'm like trying to find like their stuff on YouTube. They're all these women are amazing. I love. Turn them. on a TV, you'll see a Madison Rain everywhere. That's true. Can't get her off my TV. I'm a little bit under the weather, guys. Hoping to not miss any shows this week. I want to thank you all for bearing with me through the weekender and tonight's show. But we got the Fightful MMA podcast Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. We're talking McGregor Khabib press conference. It was wild. Some crazy stuff brought up. John Jones back in the saddle. UFC Sao Paulo, Joanna versus Shevchenko book. Check it out. Check out Fightful's Listen, your boy, as we start the build to episode 100. It's going down, Melissa. Till next time, guys, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, but most important, let people know about us. Your word of mouth really helps. We are still a very young site. I want to thank What Culture for the very kind words on a video they did about our uh, contract statuses. Uh, that was very, very much appreciated. But hit that little bell on YouTube and catch our notifications when we go live. Until next time, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.